Today I have the great good fortune to share with you a mantra that's just been at the heart of my practice for a number of years. And the mantra is called the Gayatri Mantra. And there are many, many, many Gayatri Mantras. And this particular one is a Surya Gayatri, a Gayatri to the sun. And uh, Gayatri itself means song. And it refers to the, the fundamental rhythm, the fundamental cadence uh, that's used in most Sanskrit chanting. Gayatri is the secret esoteric mantra of the Brahmin caste that uh, traditionally um, it was only taught to Brahmin. It wasn't taught to casteless people like myself. It wasn't taught to uh, women or uh, people from other castes who weren't allowed to uh, learn Sanskrit. Um, but when I was initiated, uh, the sage who initiated me in Sri Lanka said, uh, this mantra is too sacred to, to be narrow, uh, to be kept away from the world. And he said it is for everyone. And these days it's certainly being shared with the world, so I'm very, very grateful uh, to be sharing it with you. Though this is not an initiation, uh, the fellow who initiated me, you know, when they, you initiate someone, you take on their karma. The fellow who initiated me died shortly afterwards. So um, you can self-initiate by <laughs> chanting this a quarter million times, which will only take you a couple of years, you know, doing it a few hundred times a morning, which is pretty easy. And no time, it will go by in no time at all. <laughs> yes, you take on your own karma <laughs> and uh, maybe a little bit of dogma. <laughs> In the um, cosmology, the world view of the Sanatana Dharma, the eternal way, the name for the creator is Brahma. And Brahma means an ever-expanding breath of creative intelligence. So, for instance, here's this one life, this universal life, coming from the infinity of the universe, and it's breathing life into each one of us. And as from breath to breath, each of us is the outpicturing of its creative potential. So there's one life, here's this life, breathing its creative potency into each of us, and in each breath, who we are, and what we're doing is the unfolding of the creative potency, the creative potential of the infinite universal life. That each of you is nothing less than the face of the goddess. <coughs> and each of you is nothing less than the cutting edge of the unfolding of the creative potential of the universe. Now, if you ever wonder why there's no rest for the wicked, why in every moment you've been growing as fast as you possibly can, why you've been up against the windshield of life in every moment, it's because you represent the cutting edge of the unfolding of the creativity of the universe. And you are, you are this one life unfolding its creative potential. So this one life we call Brahma, this ever-expanding breath of creative potential that in every tree, every rock, every planet, every celestial system, every, you know, we, we now quantum physicists talk about a probabilistic universe and every possibility is spinning out infinite creative potential, okay? 
But this principle of Brahma is very, very subtle and very abstract. And so its power, its Shakti, lies in its feminine aspect, its manifest aspect. And the manifest aspect of Brahma is known as Gayatri, the fundamental rhythm which underlies creation. And the fundamental intelligence that somehow sustains uh, the incredible harmony, uh, the incredible um, majesty and splendor of this creation. So when we call out to Gayatri, it's a way of speaking to the most primordial intelligence that underlies this creation. Her five heads represent uh, the five elements, the five winds, uh, the five fundamental resonances of earth solidity the tendency towards a flat vibration, a water fluidity, uh, the centripetal, a fire uh, expansion, uh, directed energy, creativity, the centrifugal, um, air, uh, the, the profound harmony of universal law that this is everywhere and in everything. Uh, and ether, um, in our bodies, for instance, ether modulates um, the space within and the space without. That uh, as we manifest, uh, energy first moves from the seed of creation into the nucleus of our etheric body, the nucleus of our energy body, and it modulates between this field and the larger fields of nature and the cosmos. So as we're spinning out our creation, uh, this, this etheric nucleus is drawing from the forces of the cosmos and nature to create our inner space and our external manifest space. So ether modulates the space within with the space without, mediates between the uh, internal music of our body and the external symphony of nature and the cosmos, and through vibration is able to uh, entrain and draw in the forces of the nature, the forces of nature and the cosmos, uh, to manifest our divine will. Because again, each of us is the personification of one unique moment of this infinite creation, that your first breath places you uh, in this infinite creation. So if you're born when the earth is, is uh, uh, when the sun rises uh, uh, in the quadrant um, of the uh, heavens, uh, that we call Taurus, and the sun is, uh, you're born at the time that the sun is in Taurus, you have a Taurus rising, and you're the Toyota of humanity. Just always stable, never break down, very practical, you can do anything. If you're born two hours later when the sun is moved in Cancer, you're a very feeling, very sensitive, very vulnerable person. So when you take your first breath, you become the signature of that moment of creation and the unfolding of, of that uh, ray of infinite creative potential. So, my dear gods and goddesses, we're going to be chanting uh, the Gayatri. And for many of us, we chant the Gayatri simply because it's really, because it works. It just brings so much light and so much grace uh, into our lives and into our bodies. It's so healing. 
I know for, for me, I always had an achy back when I was meditating until I started uh, chanting Gayatri. And suddenly the Shakti, the power, uh, started holding up my back and giving me meditation with ease. Okay? So realize you're, you're dealing with one of the fundamental forces of creation. And this is a way of calling out her name. Now, Gayatri is traditionally chanted at the power points of the day. At sunrise, high noon, sunset, uh, midnight. It's essentially a chant to the feminine aspect of the solar deity. It's not really to the sun, but it's to the, the creative intelligence that manifests through suns. So it's the unmanifest potential behind not merely this sun, but all suns. And the meaning of this uh, chant for us, very simply put, you, they say you can spend a lifetime uh, chanting the meaning, uh, studying the meaning of Gayatri, is let us commune with this luminous light of consciousness that sustains all the worlds that are, may inspire our liberation. And the light of consciousness that we're talking about is right here, right here, that we are all conscious. And here's this one life, this one light in all of us. And it's, again, a microcosm of the universal light. It's a microcosm of what's in every star, no matter how many light years away. That same light is right here in you. And all of the qualities and all of the creative potential and all of the beauty of those stars is right here uh, in the light that's within you. So we want to honor that light that's sharing itself so generously with us and worship that light. Now, I want to say, you know, everyone recommends meditation, but there are many, many different things called meditation. For some people, it's contemplating a, a sacred uh, phrase. Uh, for others, it's concentrating on a flame. For others, it's focusing on your breath. Um, all of these techniques uh, give the fruit of soul communion and entrain us with ourself, with our essence, with our divinity. So this is one of the easiest methods of meditation. And again, it has a tremendous power to purify the mind, to heal the mind, to quiet the mind. Our minds are are obsessed the way they are because they've been damaged by the life we're living. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about how life can damage the mind and we'll also learn these really profound techniques for releasing that obsession from our nervous system so that we can find a measure of peace. And chanting this mantra, um, while it'll give you um, great healing for your heart and mind in this minute, over the course of weeks and months and years, will become a real friend, a real ally to you. You know, I can only think of in my life, during my Saturn return, my mind was a zoo. It was so filled with, you know, self-loathing, and it was so filled with sense of failure, and it was spinning with, with all of the obsession that, uh, of, of a traumatized life. And I just clung to my mantra, figuring any time I was 
thinking about God, it was better than the garbage that was happening between my ears, you know. And I just clung to that mantra like a, a drowning man clings to a, a life preserver, you know. Yes, please. Oh, Saturn! Saturn is 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 a death cycle. Is a death cycle where uh, when Saturn comes into uh, uh, resonance, where with its place in your birth chart, um, you experience um, measures of, of 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 tremendous limitation in your life, and often it's a time of fear and failure, and it's meant for a part of you to die to make room for new growth. So in our lifetime, uh, we come into um, the Saturn returns at 28 and a half, from usually 27 to 9, uh, somewhere in that area. And every who your parent's child was dies to make space for your adult. So a lot of what you, what your parents wanted you to be, you just walk away from that. A lot of uh, you'd reach the pinnacle of some personal power often in your 20s and you turn your back on that and that's Saturn. Saturn also gives birth to form. So sometimes a doorway to um, family, to home, to children and to the prime of life in your mid-30s. Then Saturn comes into another really powerful harmonic at 42 that affects you most if you have a Capricorn is prominent in your astrology or Aquarius is prominent in your astrology or Libra is prominent in your astrology. Then at 42, how many of you have a, a father that had a heart attack or died at 42 or left at 42? Um, it's so common that it hits men because men resonate more with the Saturnian force and uh, uh Many men don't live through that 42nd year because it is just such a profound sense of, of death and such a profound sense of collapse of their ego structure. Um, so, so I'm just saying during this particular fall of my life where all the things that gave me identity and security had fallen away, this mantra was my ally. So I really... Uh, as so many people who have experienced the power of mantra in their life do, I highly recommend it. Now, in some traditions, if you are in uh, a follow the Maharishi, uh, they would be charging you thousands of dollars for this mantra so that you would take it seriously and you would value it. So please don't think any the less of it because it's just so valuable, I can't charge you for it. So uh, we're going to, uh, the uh, meaning of this is uh, Om, of course, is the seed of infinity. Bur is earth. Bhuva, heaven. Swaha, transcendental plane. So earth, heaven, and beyond. Om, tat, that light, that consciousness um, which is worthy of worship. So we call upon that light which sustains earth, heaven, and, and that which transcends all of this. That light, that consciousness, that intelligence, which is worthy of worship, um, 
that it may inspire our liberation. So that's how I translate it. It's translated with a lot more detail and a lot more wisdom. There are whole books written on the meaning of it. I visit an ashram where... Um, uh, I visit an ashram... This is my teacher in uh, Rishikesh, India, and she's chanting this for us very slowly uh, to teach us the mantra. So if you like, you can put the words in front of you. They're on the back page of your book. Or if you're familiar with it, let's slowly chant it with her until we feel more comfortable with our pronunciation of it. So now we transport you to the island of Omkareshwar in the middle of the sacred Narmada River in the heart of India. This is a river 
that the, 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 the currents of the river generates these beautiful uh, lingams, these beautiful stones that are worthy of worship. It's really amazing. This is Gayatri Ashram. second part in a couple of days and now here's his master who was 94 at the time that I recorded this Such a blessing, such a blessing. They keep this man's arm in a silk bag that he's chanted the mantra so many times that his whole arm is considered sacred. I hope that he's in good health. Uh-huh, sure. So now we're going to be chanting the Gayatri Mantra of 54 times. It'll take about 20 minutes, maybe a little less. And we'll be chanting it with um, a Sanskrit chorus. So we'll be chanting along with the CD. And we chant that way because this mantra has been carried on with such integrity and purity for thousands of years. Recently, they've uh, unearthed archaeological findings that show that um, Dwarka, where Krishna lived, Historically, um, they found runes that were 43,000 years old under the sea, where there's been a continuous civilization there and continuous city there for 43,000 years. The, um, in the Indian scriptures, they write about how tough it was during the Ice Age. And they write about what happened when the continents separated. It's just really an amazing literature. And, uh, uh, we have more. Of, I'm webmaster for Vanamali Ashram in Rishikesh, and uh, the URL for the ashram is on my card. If you'd like to go there, read about uh, Dwarka, 
We also have a pilgrim's guide there where we go all over India and tell you stories of all, all, all sorts of the traditions. So if you're thinking of going to India and wondering where to stop, our pilgrim's guide is a real guide to sacred India, a real guide to the power spots of India. Any questions at this point? So we're going to be chanting with uh, Ratan Mohan Sharma.